So if you're listening to this one, you know that we started in part one, which was this whole thing that we got started on, and we went like an hour and a half, and so um, we kind of pressed pause on that. We covered a bunch of teams, pretty much all the Western Conference, plus a little bit, uh, like I think we talked about Toronto and Atlanta. We'll probably recover them here in a second, but... uh, you know, we spoke about the Western Conference. We w- rehashed a lot of stuff, uh, just kind of ad-libbing this, um, a cursory autopsy of the 2017 season. So um, so if you're listening to this, you want to hear those Western Conference teams, go back to part one. After you finish part one, come back here, listen to part two, uh, and we'll, we'll hit more hit you with more goodness. More, more best. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So more Eastern. Let's go with that. More good. Well, we got one more western. We got we we have one more west to do. Oh, did we miss uh, a west? Oh. We did, and I only bring them up not just for the sake of fairness, but because oh, they are oh. a team I want to talk about, uh, and that is Real Salt Lake. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, probably one of the uh, underrated kind of over. I think that's me missing them is actually kind of ironic because I feel like we all kind of slipped on the season that RSL had rebuilding last year. Yeah, they started off very, very badly. Um, They were actually the first team Minnesota was able to beat. Um, And at the beginning of the season, they looked to be uh, very much in contention for the seller of the league. But uh, unsurprisingly, coaching change happened. I think we all saw this one coming for a while, and the only surprise really was that it took as long as it did. Uh, Mike Petke came in charge, and there were a couple rough weeks there, but by the end of the year, RSL was a contender. No, I, I think... A playoff I, spot. <laughs> no, they, anything but a playoff. Well, they were interesting, yeah, because they were the back-of-the-row uh, contender, but at the same time, um, from the get-go, um, and I say from the get-go, really from as soon as they fired uh, Jeff Cesar and made that transition and said, okay, we're going to go about this in a completely new way. Um, yeah, things things kind of started falling in line. And, and look, you know, obviously they're trying to kind of make a departure from where they were. Uh, they're an older team and yet a younger team at the same time. They have this mishmash of uh, older and younger players that they're trying to uh, meld together. They have some really interesting talents um, that I kind of feel like they're they're still trying to figure out. And I don't know, they're, they're kind of fun to watch and at the same time kind of frustrating because you know within about a year or two uh, with some added pieces, they're going to be really good. I if there were like a team if I could buy stock in major league soccer teams I would be buy buy buying RSL in bulk right now. Um, there's just a lot of young interesting talent on that team and I feel like they kind of get to sort of develop in the background a little bit. Like there's not as much pressure on RSL to be 
you know, competing for the Supporters' Shield or anything like that. And I, I think that served them well. Like, they definitely had a rough couple of years, but kind of looking at what they have now, after all that's said and done, um, man, they look good heading into the future. I mean, there are obviously a few problem spots here and there, but um, they look set, and, and they look like they're going to be, like, a good core for a few years. And this could be a really, really uh, top MLS side, as it were, uh, within a year or two. Well, Rusniak was was really good, and uh, the real question that I have with them going forward is, um, if they keep Plata, can they manage him and his character defects? And then with that, um, what are they going to do with the rest of they? They really need to find like one more, like either Brooks Lennon needs to really step up or, or something they need one more really keen attacking figure um i th- actually think euro was actually a, a pretty uh Moivisian is is actually a pretty decent attacker right like he's fine as is what they really need is that other wing side they they needed um whether it's lennon or you know they brought in uh who did they bring in uh about halfway through the season um, oh, uh, Jefferson Sarvino. Uh, Severino, uh, yeah, another great player. Who, who was really interesting. He had moments where he was really good, and then um, kind of similar, uh, I don't remember who you said, but he, they just went missing in games, right? Um, oh, Manotas, could have talked about that. Yeah, as young talent does yeah. sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I don't see... Unless something drastic has changed, I don't I don't see Mavsizian uh, turning up for RSL next year. Um, I just think that there's there's some clash there, and I I understand uh, wanting to go in a different direction, and I think that RSL has shown they're very good at finding players. Um, they've brought a lot of talent into this league, and they've done a, a very good job with that. So I would be really really comfortable leaving that in the hands of my scouting and, and my acquisition team. Um, you know, at some point we're gonna be kind of looking for new pieces to replace a guy like Beckerman. Um, that's a really hard role to fill. Uh, just that guy that's in your lineup that is kind of your anchor on attack or your anchor on defense and in transition. And, you know, you like experienced players there. And, and that's why Beckham's still, you know, doing well enough, I guess. Um, it, it, he's going to be a hard piece to kind of find a replacement for, but that's something that's going to need to happen probably in the next couple of years. Um, other than that, I just look at all the talent on this team that's young, it's interesting. And I, I just, I got. You know, just nothing but optimism for these guys going forward. Well, one uh, one piece that I think um, gets forgotten and then remembered quickly is uh, Justin Glad. Yeah, Justin Glad yeah. was really good. He's a really good young player for this uh, in this team uh, and, and really for the league. I think he's the only excellent. thing that might the only thing that he might be too promising, like he might get he might want to apply his trade overseas at some point in the next couple of years. And I wouldn't blame him for that. And I wouldn't imagine ourselves the kind of team that would stand in his way on that either. Uh, but, but see, and this is, and this is where the paradigm has to shift where MLS MLS has to give them them has to allow him, RSL to, to transition him out if that's yeah. the case and then allow them to take that money and to replace. Cause look, RSL doesn't have all the money in the world. Kind of, we talked in part one about Colorado and their uh, financial impairments, if you will. Yeah. RSL has, will not be able to, they have to do things on the, on the cheaper side of things. And look, that's just their model. That's, that's their business situation. Um, that's okay. And they're good at it. Yeah. And they're, they have a, a dynamite Academy, 
but with that, they need to be able to transition those young players to other parts uh, of the world if that's what you know is best for the player and for the organization. They need to transition that, recoup that expense, and then be able to play it, uh, apply that back out in the market. They are basically RSL is like basically analogous with Southampton in so many different ways. For me, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I guess I can see that. I don't think that a lot of those players are going to be shifted around the league a lot. I mean, I think that they're good enough that no. they're either gonna um, they're gonna no. go abroad or they're gonna stay there if they're part of that core. And depending on how well that kind of core meshes, you know, uh, as a personnel unit, will depend a lot on that as well. No, I agree. And look, the the players that you're gonna have uh, moving places within the league are either um, international players that really want to stay in the United States for one reason or another mm-hmm. uh, living arrangements. Uh, Laurent Simon is one uh, specific situation that comes to mind, but then Americans are going to always be kind yeah. of a cash because, uh, or a, a kind of currency, if you will, because of the fact that they, they have that exemption to the international. And so you, and on top of that, you don't really pay, you pay a premium for like the Josie Altidore's, the Clint Dempsey's, uh, the Michael Bradleys uh, for name recognition, but look like what you're getting out of Matt Beesler down in uh, Sporting, like you're not paying him what he's worth. Yeah, and that's uh, so that's a great place for a lot of these people to kind of wind up. And yeah, like you said, another reason is they're often very versatile, just because teams aren't built around them, so they're sure. kind of filling in places all around. The David lineup. Horst being an, uh, a prime example on the back line for uh, RSL this year, yeah. who's been on multiple teams. Uh, who's fit in really, uh, really well uh, as defensive stalwart. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of well-rounded skill set, but what he d- does do really well is when aerial duels. And uh, he's, he's dynamic as far as uh, in the box for on uh, set pieces. So, um, yeah. So, RSL, we have nothing bad to say about you and your future. Congratulations. No. Yeah. I, well, I was a little disappointed about them parting ways with Chris Schuler. Um but that's because yeah. I just want I want Chris Schuler to be healthy. <laughs> like Chris Schuler in my mind is is like Chris Schuler. Like Chris Schuler is like kind of in another world. Icopara, like they right. have a really they like both of them couldn't get healthy. Like at, like they can't be healthy at the same time. They are the Highlander version of MLS. Like there can only be one. <laughs> like Icopara won some sort of interstellar battle, and now Chris Schuler is forever lame until. He can beat Icopara again and take over that role. I like it. That's a good. <laughs> let's pitch that to Universal. Okay. Uh, I mean, it has it has action figures and superheroes, and yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll gobble it up, and then we can sell it to uh, after Universal buys that picture uh, for eight like eight movies. Um, we can sell it to Disney afterwards. Universal, that is smart. Um, Very smart. Yeah. All right. Let's go east now. Do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? I don't care. All right, let's go bottom. Surprise! Why don't you surprise me? All right, let's go bottom the top and talk about DC United, a team constantly in some form of flux. Yeah, they're either uh, top or bottom. It seems like they they don't they don't do very well like in the middle. Yeah, lately it's been mostly bottom. Well, last year, last year they were really good. You know, Patrick Mullins, uh, they get from uh, NYC. They they basically they stole uh, Niarco a good season out of him uh, after you know years of being injured 
in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they put together some really good pieces. They got Lloyd Sam from uh, from uh, New York. Uh, put together, you know, so kind of a quasi group of, um, you know, well-traveled men and managed to put <laughs> some things together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they made a run at the playoffs, and that was... That was that was a good result for them, but this year came crashing back down to earth in a bad way. Yeah, um, and it's easy to kind of point. And if there's one thing that most, I'd say, well, I'd almost go as far as to say every unsuccessful team um, in MLS has one thing in common, and that is a shoddy defense. And yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a good call out. Yeah, and DC allowed sixty goals this year, and that is not a recipe for success, unless you're San Jose, in which case you can do it and make the playoffs. But generally, that's not a recipe for success, especially not in this new strong Eastern Conference. the the one The one outlier is uh, RSL, uh, who had kind of a bad defense. Uh, as much as you know, we like Justin Glad, love Nick Romando. They, yeah. they sat with uh, – they're the only team to have over 50 uh, expected goals against and really? over 50 expected goals for. <laughs> All right, so that's great. I love that team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right, Back to D.C. So, United. So D.C. made some big moves, uh, and we kind of saw them start to settle a little bit. Did you see uh, any signs of improvement? No. <laughs> uh, look this team is gonna get worse before they get better and, and you know I, I love uh luciano costo uh i really am intrigued with what uh paul Ariola can do with regular minutes at dc but he's not by anything look he he had he had a really good uh probably one of the few americans that you can kind of say individually had a really good uh hex um, yeah. Aside from that, like he doesn't, he hasn't gotten regular minutes before. Like you can't point to a lot of, you know, a thousand plus uh, Liga MX minutes in an individual season. Um, you can't point to a thousand plus MLS minutes yet. Uh, I don't think he had a thousand minutes. Uh, regardless, I mean, you're, you're, that's a thousand minutes is a third of the season. Yeah. So uh, what I'm just saying is I'm, I'm skeptical about where they're going. Steve Birnbaum continues to get concussions, and that's not a really good good sign for his career. Um, you know, they they went out and they got David uh, Ousted, and, you know, he's going to compete with Steve Clark, um, the former uh, Columbus Crew uh, keeper, uh, Norwegian uh, expert, um <laughs> uh he's danish but yeah the uh, uh what, 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 what oh he's swedish he's danish oh danish excuse me oh my goodness uh okay so yeah and uh you know that you hit on the additions there obviously their biggest loss this uh off season and it's one that has been coming for a very very long time and they've had a lot of time to plan for uh and it doesn't seem like they have uh so they're kind of getting what's available right now, and that's understandable. But uh, they do lose. Uh, if, if DC United had a talisman, it would be Bill Hamid, and he is gone. And what's really frustrating to me is I don't think we're, we've been able to capture what Bill Hamid has done in MLS. Um, 
Well, from an analytical perspective, I think he was uh, uncannily one of the best goalkeepers um, that MLS has seen in it's, their prime. Like It's I, really I, hard to see without looking at the underlying numbers um, because you just look at a guy that's on this team that's shipping goals regularly, and you go, oh, yeah, he's a great goalkeeper, but I don't know, the team still seems to be scoring a lot of goals, but there could it could have been so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look at 2013. 2013 was is always a year that stands out for me. It was the first year that I really noticed Bill Hamid because, it, as exactly as you said, it could have been way, much, much worse. And it, the other half of that, and this is always the argument when you start, you know, analyzing goalkeepers, is you know the the shot volume that they have to deal with. You know, it makes them intrinsically look more valuable. It makes them look better. So it's it's always really hard. And and so. Um, I think for me, um, there won't be a better keeper in this league ever than Nick Romando. Um, that said, I think Bill Hamid could have eclipsed him. And uh, that's saying something in my book. All right. So, so outlook on DC United is making some steps, and that's good. Uh, we'll need to see a little bit. Team next year. They're not going to be a playoff team next year. All right. Number 10. Orlando City Soccer Club. Oh, how that team managed to fall apart. So uh, I don't know if you checked Slack while we were while we we're recording this. I, um, I did. Uh, yeah. Did you see? Did you see? There's the report now that Sasha Klustian is going to uh, Orlando. I, did. I mean, not that I, I I opened this podcast with we're not talking about Darlington Nagby and like a five second rumor that's been around, and I'm mentioning Sasha Klustian's uh, latest. Uh, you know, fake, uh, fake team. He's still going. Well, he's to been, LFC. he's been shot. I mean, he's been linked with uh, LAFC this year in Minnesota. Minnesota would have been, that would have been great for Minnesota to snag him. Um, Orlando is an interesting piece. Uh, I think if this happens, and I, I don't have any reason to believe it's not, and uh, Jeff Reuter seems pretty confident in it, and uh, generally he does a good job with these things. So. Uh, the thing that strikes me is just that uh, Orlando is going with an MLS to get these big pieces, and that's kind of unusual um, to see them shell out a lot for a guy like Dom Dwyer. And now they're, I assume, going to have to be giving uh, New York uh, a fair amount of cash, uh, as well as, I imagine, a player, one of their... Uh, they've got a lot of just sort of middling defenders. I bet young young middling defenders, yeah, yeah. Probably wants one of them, at least. Um, but that's just pure speculation on my part. Uh, so they're, they're shopping around the league, and that is an interesting way to build uh, in this league. I, 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 I don't hate it. I don't either. So I, I've, I've gotten in this, uh, this, this argue, ongoing argument with uh, Atlanta FC fan, and um, <laughs> look, uh, spending internal... Uh, and I say internal as in uh, interleague money yeah. and, and making uh, a team that's in your same conference and giving them that ability to go outside the league to get probably a better variation mm-hmm. of what you're buying off of them is dangerous. However, yes. um, it, it's dangerous and, and dare I say stupid in, in some respects. That being said, o- Orlando did it to... Kansas City, which is a team outside their conference, they played Kansas City uh, once over the course of the season. Yeah, um, 
and maybe at, in the finals. So the, yeah. Orlando's path to becoming uh, the MLS Cup champion, to be the Supporter Shield champion, which should be their first two goals, right? Um, that, my opinion. Um, that's what they should be aiming for. Sporting Kansas City is not going to play a huge part in that. Unless uh, they're, you know, challenging them for those, you know, that respective position. No, 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 no. Point taken, yes. But Red Bull New York. I love it. I think it's great. You, they have to rebuild you, their team. They you, have to. They are, you they are, are so. You are so. You have been very pro moving Sasha Kleschian, and I don't know how to talk I, to you when you say these things. I love Sasha Kleschian. I think he's been. Uh, he honestly, he's been the most underappreciated uh, United States men's national team soccer player for his generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The most underrated. Period. Yes. Dot. End of statement. Um, I, I can't emphasize. Uh, look, you know, you can always make the, the the argument that Nick Romando should have, you know, been at some point in the last year or two been involved as the goalkeeper, especially with as Tim Howard went down. There's an mm-hmm. argument to be had about that. Sasha Kleschen has been blackballed during the entire Jurgen Klinsmann era. It's true. Like I playing Champions League. Yeah. Look and. and I get that maybe, you know, it's a square peg and a round hole. Um, maybe you didn't fit into the plan. How great would it have been last World Cup to have Kleschen next to Michael Bradley? I would have loved that. I think about it a lot. I love Sasha Kleschen. Um, Instead of... And here we are. But yeah. now he looks to be heading down to sunny Florida to replace Kaká, which... Uh, was a position of need and one that they are uh, addressing quite, uh, I'd say, confidently, uh, bringing in a guy like Kleschen. Uh Otherwise, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say Kyle Lahren is probably moving on. Um, and obviously he's been such a tremendous part of uh, whatever successes Orlando has found in their first couple of years. So that's going to be a transition. Um, I think that you know, defensively, I think that there are good players there, but not a very good, I don't know, they don't seem to work well together all the time. Uh, they started off last season, they were uh, dominant. They were the best team in the league for about a month, uh, built mainly on just like a shutdown defense, and Spectre was a great, great addition to yeah, that. Yeah, Spectre was awesome. And then that just kind of fell to pieces. Um, I feel they have one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and Joe Bendick. Um so there's definitely there there are parts there that are good and so far it just hasn't worked out for them yet and uh, do you see do you see any glaring holes there that still need addressing? Let's let's well let's talk about this for a real sec. Um, how confounding is it that Jason Christ hasn't been able? And I don't want to define his success based off of RSL, but he hasn't been able to replicate any of it. Like the things that he was like. You you could point to and say this is a hallmark of a Jason Christ team. He hasn't been able to replicate any of it. Yeah, I don't know if maybe uh, he definitely in New York City. I think had a situation where, he, you know, he probably didn't get a lot of say in the squad. Um, 
and a lot of that was probably well, pushed to it, him. And I, I wonder if Orlando's the same way. I, I don't know. I don't know how that would go. Well, on if that's stores. the case, like you have to, uh, it, it it kills me that he would walk into another one of like, in some way he has to know what Orlando is. Like that was why uh, Adrian Hanauer and uh, Hanauer, um, Adrian Heath and uh, Orlando didn't work ultimately because there was a, a, a gap, uh, if you will, between who they wanted to go after. There was, there was just a different ideology of how they wanted to build a team. And right. that, that's okay. Management will have that. But Jason Christ has to know, like, hey, what percentage am I getting control? Like, what are the guys that you're looking at? What are the guys I'm looking at? This is how I would remake my team. If you don't have those conversations going in, you are not doing, you are doing a disservice to your career as not just a coach, but as a person, as a professional. Yeah. Like, how this is how I want to go about and do my job. This is the type of system that I want to institute for my job. This is this is what my long-term goals. This is how I see this going. How do you like and, this is the convert like as a as a yeah. as a 29-year-old, this is how the conversations that I had with my boss. How do you not as a, you know, as someone in your late 30s that has gone through two different professional changes, how do you not have those change that especially coming off of what you probably in some determination consider to be, uh, uh, if not a failure, uh, a very poor circumstance? How do you not highlight those same situations? Like I, I'm really at this point in time, I'm wondering if Robin Frazier wasn't the Jason Christ that we all point to. It was, do we point to Jason Christ and really see Robin Frazier? Because Robin Frazier is now at TFC doing the same exact thing. And maybe that's what we're seeing. Not great Vanny, not Jason Christ. We're seeing Robin oh. Frazier. Oh, I like this. Let's, let's go into the Robin Frazier, the man behind the man uh, theory. Actually, I wanted you to expound all of that into like a long form article uh, <laughs> on AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com. And I want to read all of that. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, like, I, like I said, I, that was purely speculation on my part. I don't know what kind of conversations. Oh, Christ it's purely speculation Orlando. on mine. But and I, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to. Speculation act on like both of us because we don't know these people. We don't yeah. know these people, right? Like all, all we're doing is speculating because we don't know them personally. We but don't I, see the insides of the confines. I don't think when Jason Christ took over, we saw Orlando the next season still being, you know, near the bottom of the league, uh, which you know, unfortunately, they are. Um, Anyway, this is a period of they're kind of in a very big rebuilding year, uh, which is interesting because they haven't been around that long. But they are kind of they've lost two really big pieces, um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they adapt to uh, this new way of life. And I think that there's a good case to be made that kind of as good as Kaká could be and as good as Kaká has been in his career, I think maybe being free of the Kaká situation will be good for Orlando going forward. And um, I certainly think Clashton will have a little bit more success there, um, at least for the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I actually don't think uh, – I'm on the other side of this. So I think Kaká actually did a lot for this team. And I think the, the reason why they weren't as successful was because – of the lack of Kaká. I think Kaká, uh, really, his getting injured, his being absent, changed the paradigm of how this team had to function. And I think that uh, sometimes they were successful in, in doing that, and I think it was circumstantial, right? Like, certain teams, they just they matched yeah. up against better. But Kaká, without a doubt, was v extremely good when he was there. 
I think Jason Christ overestimated uh, Kaka's presence over the course. Of, and granted, you're not going to see a player like break his uh, what it, broken an ankle in this the first game of the season. Yeah, the first couple minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to. That's not something you expect. Yeah. Uh, again, no, and I don't mean any disrespect to Kaka. I just think that the, if you build your team around the guy and that guy isn't able to show up a lot due to a lot of reasons, most of which were beyond his control, uh, it creates an unfortunate situation. And I think moving on from that unfortunate situation uh, ultimately will benefit Orlando City in the next couple of years. All right. Let's we go. that. We beat the hell out of that. Yeah. Let's go on to number nine, the Montreal Impact. A team that is good Joey or not Sopoto good. doesn't get our time. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, with the Montreal Impact, a good team this year. Did, uh, here's the question: Was they were they a bad enough team to to completely overhaul your coaching staff uh, three quarters of the way through, or even like halfway through? Well, like halfway through the through the year, we start getting reports that. Uh, that they're going to change coaches, but they never do because the person that they keep pointing to is tied up in other things. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's irritating to me because I thought Mario, be, as much as like everyone uh, in the West Coast and really MLS in general points to Brian Schmetzer as being like the hometown groom guy, a lot of people forget like Mario Biello uh, was exactly that for Montreal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he he was the hometown guy that never left. He just continued to grow, and he was a great player for his time. He would uh, maybe great overstating his uh, impact. Yeah, uh, that, that uh, I, I immediately saw where that sentence was going, and I tried to tried to avert it. It just didn't work. Um, but he was somebody that he got the culture. He got what was going on. And this was not going to be another. I mean, Joyce Fudo has basically changed coaches and directions at every single, um, at every whim. And the only thing that has made it through all of them is that he keeps going to Syria to replace uh, players. And sometimes that's worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. It's, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's generally worked out. I would say that there's not really a problem with player acquisition. I feel like most of the pieces they bring in are contributors, um, you know. Yeah, fair enough, but I think that there's more that they need to do. I think they need to round out that roster. I don't think it's – I, so, like, you know, you can go to uh, Anthony Jackson Hamel. I don't think that he's – I don't re- think he's ready to start. Well, neither do they. Right, I, I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, if you're going to be an MLS team, who starts for you? Yeah, that's a position of need. Um, that well, the- yeah, that's kind of important when <laughs> when your entire when the opposing the entire opposing defense can limit your best player to under fifteen touches, and they're pretty much playing a central slash wing position, like an undefined position that just roams wherever the ball is at. Yeah. That's an issue. Well, and I, I don't think that they... I mean, you've got a guy like um, Mancosu who's been... Well, I guess not tremendous like with his output and goals, but but I think a decent player for them. And uh, <clears throat> Let's see. Looking, well, 
Well, uh, he's looking he's, at his numbers he's, now. Maybe not. Yeah, he's not fine. It, no, he it's it's not. He's <laughs> fine in the in the off the bench. Um, give me twenty minutes. Give me yeah, thirty minutes. Yeah, that's ideally where you want him, right? But you have to. You're and, and I I think uh, Dismali uh, did a was it Dismali? Yeah, Dismali was very good this year, last year. I thought. Yeah, when when he came over from uh, I believe they got him from. Um, Bologna. Bologna. There you are from uh, Serie A. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I should have. He was exactly kind of. He he helped alleviate some of that pressure, but it was backwards, right? Like, he was really good about providing some uh, some outlet passes, help uh, create some breaks. He was good with some passing. Um, better than average i would say mm-hmm. um with just the the build up and and transition that being said they need someone up top they that marco devio was so good he was so like seriously let's let's just go there they needed to replace him and the fact that they didn't is just such an eyesore like piatti had an amazing like Diego Valeri this year season that would be like Portland being like mm, you know what we're not going to replace Fernando Adi because Valeri just had such an amazing season we're not going to replace Di- uh, Nagby we're not going to f- replace uh, Adi Valeri we're just going to draft some you know kid out of college we're going to bring in a USL player we're, we're going to be good Valeri you just do everything yeah I I mean it's kind of what's happened yeah I mean, that's, it worked okay for. I might, we might still see Portland do that at some point here. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can overstate Piotti uh, as a player. I mean, for me, I, you, I know you think I, I overrate him. Uh, I consider him one of the the premier players of the league, um, and, and and the very upper echelons of it. And uh, yeah, they've really been leaning hard on him, and I think that. That was probably weighing heavily on his mind when uh, there was a consideration about whether or not he was going to be returning this year and uh, if he was going to, you know, get paid uh, that amount. And um, he obviously does need some help if Montreal are going to be successful. Yeah, well, I don't think, and, and I think that's, I think that's it, right? Like he needs to. It's like LeBron in the situation with his first <laughs> go around with Cleveland, where he was just like, "Look, it's not about the money." I'm tired of doing this by myself. Yeah. You can't attract any talent here. Yeah. Or you're not trying to. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's not necessarily fair. They, Montreal's had a very good defense the last couple of years. They've gone mm-hmm. out and they've got, like, pieces like a Yongo. Evan Bush has been quietly very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've gotten pieces to where um, they've been a decent team. But why not spend? They obviously have some money. You know they've mm-hmm. they've splashed it here and there. They need that striker up top. Piotti needs that help. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of different players around the league that I think that they could go at that could fill that spot. That are, I mean, Will Bruin last year was had for peanuts. He would mm-hmm. do just fine in this scenario. 
Yeah, like, he really. Well there. I, I I shouldn't have said that. Damn it. I feel like I've jinxed something. Now I'm now I'm like I'm gonna go check Will uh, status on Twitter. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I hope not. That would, so, that would make me so tragically sad. Aside from a forward, which they haven't done yet and maybe won't do yet, but we have seen a couple of interesting additions already this year. Um, Raheem Edwards uh, coming over via LAFC via the expansion draft Yongo. from Toronto FC. Uh, Yuko Raitala who is also replacing Oyongo, I guess. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Clement Diop, <clears throat> obviously not a not a guy you want starting. We'll just say that. Um, hopefully, he's a backdoor. Uh, Dion Boldor, also from Bologna, uh, kind of a little unknown uh, Romanian uh, defender that should maybe uh, <clears throat> might be in line to replace a big loss in Lawrence Simon. Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, Montreal right now doesn't, they don't throw my soul. Uh, it's like the, the best way I can put it. They just, they, there's Piotti, um, I think Piotti's very good. I know uh, I've voiced some some concerns about over um, like the expectations that we have that Piotti's, you know, some uh, hyper level player. I, I think he's very good. But in MLS, this isn't the NBA, right? Like one player can't take over a game. Um, it, it's just it, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. The, this this game, the the field's too too spread out. Um, you have to be able to do things without the ball. Um, these are facts about soccer. And yeah. I, look, you have to have more on your team. And and Piotti just doesn't have enough help. I I think that's something that they have to change um, during the transfer window in January, or you know as we all know, like how teams look in January and in March isn't how they look in, you know, July and August. So, so true. All right. Going up to number eight, we have the Philadelphia union. Uh, I don't like, God, they need, help. I don't like talking about this team. It just makes me sad. CJ Sapong. It's great. I love CJ Sapong. Yeah. I like Sapong. Um, Keegan Rosenberry. Who got like, <laughs> go to Bethlehem. Like yeah, he's, little town he's, of Bethlehem. He's back, I guess. And Josh Yarrow, still looking good. Other than that, there's just Bedoya is has been fine in his role. Um, I don't he actually was, you know what? He was actually really good when he was moved to an eight. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I will eat some, uh, some humble pie and and say, um. I, I picked on him mercilessly this year. He was actually very good. He was very strong in that eight role. Um, I don't know if he's DP level money, um, but he was very good for a team that just needed so, some solidity uh, yeah. from the midfield. But hey, so, um, you know, and they're they're bringing Elson Hill back, so they'll be fine, I'm sure. Uh, number seven. Let's just move oh on from God. the union. New England Revolution. A baffling team, if ever there was one. Uh, I love the New England. Like, I, I, like I when I go to sleep too. at night, I, I fantasize about the New England Revolution. I'm not gonna lie. That's weird. But I let's talk about this team because this team is good. So many pieces. So and many pieces, so much yet they're not good, and it's very weird. So we can look at their record last year, and it they was hired crazy. Brad Friedel. Oh yeah, they did do that, didn't they? And they God. Last year, their home record was 12-2-3, which is amongst the best in the league. And their away record was one win, 13 losses, and three draws. Now, it's pretty easy to see that there's a problem here. Um, first of all, it's not their 
Um, it I, I can't imagine it's their uh, attack. Like this is a very formidable uh, Ford uh, Ford crew. Yes. You have so many pieces here that are good. And uh, Lin Wen continues to put up really solid numbers year after year. And like I, I feel like nobody was paying attention to him this season because. New England were so underwhelming about 50% of the time. Um, but but another yeah, great year. So, and now they're probably going to have Nemeth kind of up front. And I think he's going to kind of be more of the focus as opposed to Kamara, who's moved on. Um, so Conroe good. getting healthy again. Still got Fagunda. Still got Aguidello. That's that's great. That's a solid-looking team right there. I'm still wondering what the hell Chris Nemeth is doing uh, for New England. Like, I I don't get it. Uh, And they started him at at forward both. The only two games that he he went uh, and started, uh, he started at forward at the number nine spot. So it at least indicates that that's what they do continue to expect to see him. Of course, he played out wide for sporting. Um, I think it's really super weird. Like, they did everything they could to pull the carpet out from underneath uh, Kansas City, and I, for the life of me, I don't know why. It, it um, doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, unless they knew it, Kai it Kamara doesn't. was moving on, they saw this as a guy they could get. Well, and... even if you see Kai Kamara move on, you have Juan Aguadello. So, right. and yeah. you have a huge problem with spending money, so why are we going at the attack? I mean, the, the attack just needs to be tweaked uh, tactically. There, there's some tactical uh, changes um, not ever putting Aguadillo on the bench is the primary one. Um, <laughs> Row getting healthy is the secondary one, and your attack is fixed. Um, defense, fire <laughs> everyone. Oh boy. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think going after Cody Cropper and uh, just shipping Bobby Shuttleworth the highest bidder was the smartest move. I, you know, look. I thought Shuttleworth did really well during his time. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was a heck of a keeper. I'm really shocked that they decided to make that make a move away from him. Um, you know, that might have been a locker room move. That might have been, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any insight to that. I'm not sure why they made that move. Yeah, I was a little skeptical at the time, and um, you know, their record as far as expected goals against really uh, took a beating. I mean the difference between their goals expected goals against and their actual goals against was uh, almost negative 14. In fact, it was almost negative 15 looking at it. So it it wasn't something is out of whack. And, you know, there's, there's some issues with Andrew Farrell. There's, there's some problems with their, with how they, deploy their central defensive midfield there's so many back of the field issues i think i think one thing to i i I still don't feel like i've gotten a really good read on uh kuasi i'm not sure um you know he's He's the guy he's gone is he gone gone okay i didn't know if he was was official. okay good well that that's what i would have recommended too as well uh i guess angoya probably also on his way out i think that was the last i heard and i would not be surprised by that they seemed kind of to not they I'm, they kept playing him, but I I didn't see a ton of confidence in him either. Uh, uh, they sort of I, sort I, of replaced him. I'm not him. ready to move on from him. I'm not ready to move on. I wouldn't mind giving him a second chance. Yeah, uh, I don't think New England is going to though. Um, you know, you've got they brought in a guy Dielna like midway through last year who is 
on big money and I, he's a big guy and I I don't know if that's going to be the answer. Uh, it was kind of a lost cause by the time he got there. Um, you know, he was got also da- kind of interesting. Yeah, and then you got Dalen Maya, I guess, back there still, and I, I don't think he was bad. It's it's hard for me to point at like one player and go like you were the problem in the back, but just collectively as a whole. It well, was very and and that's and yeah, no, I think here's the thing: um, when you change both your central defenders and your goalkeeper and your central defensive midfielder all in the same year, um, maybe there's you know a chance that you're going to have some issues meshing yeah. and communicating and. It's probably a good place to maybe try to provide uh, be consistent. I mean, I know it's really hard when you're giving up goals, when you're losing games, and you know, at least from the eye test, you probably shouldn't be, and from a, the underlying numbers, you shouldn't be. Um, but the pressure's there, and so you're you kind of. It seems like Jay Heaps got forced into some bad decisions, um, yeah, and I, I say forced uh, from a front office and from. Probably more from a, uh, I would say from a fan perspective. I think Jay Heaps hmm. was very much, um, I think. And look, I'm not. Uh, I don't have the the heartbeat of the team, but I think Jay Heaps wants to look good. I don't think he wants this team to look bad to the fans. I think, especially judging some of the stuff that he says and some of the stuff that was said by the um, what is it, Mike Burns. I feel like they understand that the team is viewed as that they don't spend money that they're, you know, cut because they are um, mm. because they have an owner that just very um, apathetic from just looks apathetic, just appears apathetic, whether or not he is, we don't know. I mean, I don't know, you know, how much he's involved. It, it certainly doesn't appear that way. And, you know, w- what's the old saying, you know, uh, appearance is, you know, fact it's, just it. Perception, yes. Perception, there you are. So, uh, kind of a wait and see team again, I think. Um, there's so many good pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really wait. Like, I, I don't know how Brad. I, I judge Brad Friedel based off of what I hear from him on the telecasts. Um, I'm, I'm extremely skeptical about hiring your friends into these positions. I'm extremely. Um, it's uh it's a bold move. We'll see if there, there's a... there's a couple different guys I would have rather have seen. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. But um maybe we're all here to be proven wrong and Brad Friedel's the guy that finally gets the magic. Here's here's the thing, team. and this is the this is it, and I'll let us move on to the next team. Just because Brad Friedel succeeds doesn't mean he's a good coach and just because he <laughs> failed look and, and vice versa yeah just because he fails next year doesn't mean he's a bad coach right like right. it takes multiple years there's so much variance that happens when soccer that's so chaotic to say and point to a, a coach and say you are bad because of this or you're good because of this it's it's so they get blamed for the weirdest shit and it's just that's that's truth all right, number six, New York Red Bulls. Here we have a team that is really dismantling a lot of their pieces here, and uh, we've already seen Mike Grella moving to Columbus. Question appears to be out the door. You know, last year they moved on from Dax. Uh, Gonzalo Verone is not going to be in New York next year. Um, 
so what's what's going on there? Do you think is is this rebuild uh, necessary? Are they they really need to ship all these parts? It's reload on the fly, man. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I uh, I'm a huge fan of what New York is doing because they're getting young blood in while uh, steadily moving different pieces out, mm-hmm. pieces that they feel that they they can replace, and then. For once, it looks like uh, you know the rumors are that they have them spending some money to go out and get um, you know uh, a dynamic young player. So I I'm really a fan of what New York is doing. Feels like um, they have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. Like I I, I feel confident that um, the idea is to continue to compete while reloading. They don't want to turn into uh, uh, I don't know. They don't want to turn into an LA, I guess. That would be the one, uh, I guess, yeah. uh, parallel. You know, you don't you don't want to fall from grace. I mean, look, they had 50 points and finished sixth. I mean, it's it's a tough out there in the East. That being said, New England was seventh and had 45. So it's it the drop off. There's a drop off in talent, and right now, uh, it, I expect New England to be probably the one team. You might see Philadelphia make a few moves to to be a little bit interesting. Montreal probably takes a step forward. Um, well, you know, we can kind of s- speculate a little bit more, but. I think New York is going to be a team that uh, consistently finds a way to stay competitive, put up 50 points, and is in the playoff hunt. Um, and like on it. the off year, they're going to run out of shield. Just, I like it. That's that's exactly what you want. It's, that's, just, that's, they, a, that's about as good as you can expect from it. Unless they went from teams. years of being a terribly run organization to it seems like their organization very much has a game plan and very much is uh, – very cycled in what they're going to do. Sorry. Uh, excuse me. Uh, let's move on to Columbus, number five here, finished fifth. Uh, kind of the subject of a lot of off-field stuff that's a little unsavory, and certainly uh, we don't want to get into that too much because that's very well trod on territory, but um, we certainly uh, hope save that... Save the crew. Yeah, we save the crew, obviously save the crew. Um, on the field... Um, Kind of a mixed bag, uh, I think, and uh, ended up doing very well. Uh, finished on 54 points, which would have been good enough to win the West. Uh, there's a lot there, a lot of good pieces. Um, obviously, some, some just like any other team, some places need to work, but I think that we can start at the back and say that they have a very exciting and uh, good goalkeeper in Zach Steffen. Yeah, no, the, the, back, the back line in general... Uh... You know, Josh Williams is a you know a cast off uh, of them from a few years ago that just didn't work out. wasn't Seems like he has his heads on straight. He was kind of an interesting player a few years ago. Um, he seems very much uh, like he's put more of his talents together. Um, and then of course Harrison Awful out wide. Um, they seem like they have a really good game plan. Their fullbacks always seem to be really uh, attacking. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see how they use uh, Justin Miram next year. Uh, we keep waiting for Miram to move onto the inside and basically be the people replacement. Um, I, I, I maybe people I doesn't need replacing yet. <laughs> he had a good year I last said year. It last year he did. He did. I and I kind of I I kind of speculated that last year might be his last year, um, or that last year might have been. A, a kind of an indicator um 
I haven't looked at his underlying numbers that closely, so I'm going to say I'm very hesitant to uh, to just throw it all out and say he's fine. Um, very rarely do you see uh, what what 34, 35, 33. Um, very rarely do you see right, a, sure. a, someone in their early 30s have a really a step back year and then go on and still be good, right? If anything, um, if last year was a good year, I would almost call it like a dead count, cat bounce. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, and I, I, look, everybody knows it comes on this podcast. It's how I, for years I've ended the show with um, Iguain. That's I really enjoy what he has brought to MLS over his time. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much he has left. Um, but with that, uh, Columbus has always been really attacking. And I love Greg Berhalter. Him as a coach is – I love it. Uh, I love him being in this league. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And uh, I believe that we can say also um... – have we actually seen a um, any settling on what's happening with our tour? I thought uh, I've heard. I've I heard. Thought I saw something that they were going to purchase his uh, contract. It should be uh, it should be settled by the end of the year or something to that effect. Okay, uh, and good. then I've heard other things say that he's probably not coming back. So I've heard like, I've heard conflicting information Yeah, and most of that's all stuff that's in our, uh, you know, our, our Slack, our league Slack. So, um, I think, uh, obviously this is a guy that is a, um, well, it looks like maybe they did finally get him worked out. Okay. His signature is on the other side of what he says. Okay. So we've got, uh, Arthur coming back, which is, he had a great, year for uh, Columbus and that uh, building that off will trap as well. Um, that's a really nice pairing there uh, and a good, good thing in the middle of the park to have. So um, I expect them if this, whatever's going on and this is kind of what puts this team in flux a bit is that we don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, and something like that can really make recruitment hard. It can make keeping players hard um, and can cause a lot of fan disinterest, which can just drag a season down. So it, until whatever the the, 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 the pre-court drama is settled, it's kind of hard to say where uh, Columbus is going to be. But just strictly on soccer talent, I, I think they're performing admirably, and, and, and they should expect to, to continue to do so um, no matter where that is. Uh, let's go to number four, and we kind of touched on a little bit in the first episode, but I guess you can never say enough about Atlanta. So let's talk about it. So Atlanta. I'm really excited. I, I, I actually am excited that we're going to t- cover this because there's <clears throat> one specific person that I wanted to nail, and um, that's Tito uh, Vialba. And he was uh, the most under-emphasized player uh, by most pundits, most fans, uh, just because of what he did. He was so versatile like I, it, one game you know he's stepping in and being you know uh well the, yeah the martinez replacement and then on the other side he's creating opportunities i mean he led them in expected goals plus expected assists yeah of that um, of that trio uh, i think he was the the standout player um i think the only reason you didn't hear about him is that you know broadcasters ran out of time uh, after talking about joseph martinez and how many goals he would have scored if he hadn't been injured and miguel Amaron. 
um, and the transfer rumors that he of all the money that uh, MLS is going to get the forty million right. that they're going to get for Elmer. So uh, it, it is weird to think that there was some aspect of Atlanta United that wasn't covered enough, but uh, there you have. If there is one, it is it is Villalba. Um, anyway, Atlanta have a great side. I I was skeptical that they were going to keep all those pieces, and uh, it looks like all they might be losing is Assad, uh, which is you know not insignificant, but. Uh, they have brought in Darlington Nagby, which is another interesting addition. And, um, you know, they, they gamble a lot of their, their Tam and Gam pile on them. And uh, I can see this working out well for, for, for both of those parties. I think it's kind of interesting, um, and I'll, I'll give this to you. Um, do you think, and this question was posed to me, do you think what... Atlanta paid for Nagby and Gamintam. They could have got equivalent out in the marketplace, out in the international marketplace for the same price. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I think that that's kind of the situation with a lot of these um, MLS transfers. Is that there are? It's very rare that there's some unique talent in. Uh, that just happens to be already here in the league. And I think of any players that I think Nagby is, is approaching it, um, just in his particular skill sets. Uh, that being said, you know, when you bring in a new player, you are kind of bringing in, you're taking a big gamble. And I think maybe Nagby isn't as big of a risk. And I think one of the reasons why Atlanta was so successful last year is because they did not miss on any player acquisitions except for maybe Kenwin Jones. Um it's not that Kenwin Jones was bad. It's just they didn't really need him. Uh, so I, I can see the, the intelligence behind uh, a move like that. I think it's a safer bet. Um, that being said, you know, will ultimately prove worth the, the outlay. I don't, I don't know about that, and I don't know that we'll ever really know that for sure. <laughs> it's kind of hard to figure out what the value of those things are uh, without seeing everybody's uh, ledgers. But um, anyway, I expect Atlanta to be better than they were this year. And I think that that's ultimately the goal with every transaction. And I think Nagby will help them do that. Speaking of teams that we expect to be better than next year, that won't be the Chicago Fire. No, that will not be the Chicago Fire. I mean, you talked about Atlanta hitting on every single one of their transfer moves. I felt like Chicago had every, for like, had three years worth of luck finally restored to them. Yeah, all at once. And then, <laughs> all I, all I and, then it, and then it turned into a pumpkin and left at midnight. Um, yes. <laughs> no, Chicago, where where I mean, they improved significantly over the they had been sort of the punchline of MLS for a couple of years, and we all, myself and you, were very prominent people in saying, "Why are you bringing in Bastian Schweinsteiger? Like that guy yeah. is not going to be good. Like that's an obscene amount of money." It doesn't help. You're already stacked to that position. Like, what will Bastian Schweinsteiger do for you? And Bastian Schweinsteiger did really, really well for the Chicago Fire. <laughs> he that was one of my biggest misses this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, honestly, like I will raise my hand up and say I didn't think Bastian Schweinsteiger would be a good move. I, I I thought it was a, I thought this was a terrible move. Why are you investing this amount of money when you have zero money to invest? Like, you basically took all your money went to the lotto 
bought yourself a lottery ticket and you know you got what five out of eight numbers or whatever mm-hmm. it is and you know you made some money on the side uh congratulations because that's way better than what i thought you were going to be yeah um so we're looking at kind of any kind of thing i feel like uh the guy that was sort of the odd man out in that midfield was uh janino which i think surprised a lot of people um as he was, um, you know, so so good at L.A. and so seemingly a position of great need for Chicago. Uh, but uh, Dax was really solid all the way throughout, and I think Schweinsteiger just, you know, they had to give that guy a spot on the pitch, and I think Janino was kind of the one that was left out to a certain degree on that. Um, I feel like David Akam yeah. at, at times last year, especially towards the beginning uh, in the middle, was looking like, uh, you know, an MVP candidate and was just a phenomenal individual player. Um, and obviously they brought in this guy, Nikolic, who won the golden boot. So you, I, I, I can't look at any of Chicago's transactions this season and go, what are you doing? Because they, they hit on all of them. Um, that being said, what do you see going forward next year for them? Well, it, look, I think their defense, um, you, we talk about all the trans- transactions. Uh, they stuck with their defense. I mean, we, yeah. I, we just got done talking about New England. Um, and replacing all these things. Sometimes you have a young defense and, you know, Philadelphia is a prime example and they take a step back. And so the, the, the quick, you know, quick reaction thing to do is, okay, we're going to replace them here, here, here. We're going to do whatever we can to kind of stay afloat instead of allowing them to learn and grow. And look, you know, Chicago has been in kind of a sucky situation. So why not let them learn and glow? And I think in a lot of ways, Brandon Vincent and uh, Johan Kapilov had really good seasons because of that. And it just so happened that, you know, um, their growth also coincided with these investments at, you know, premium positions. Nikolic was huge. Uh, I can't, I'm, I'm going to be really interested if he stays in the league. Um, He seems kind of like a one and done guy. Um, uh, 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 D- Dmitry uh, Berbatov type uh, gun for hire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know uh, he kind of has that um, that gunslinger type stu- uh, nature. So I'm I'm hoping he sticks around because I think that's going to be great for Chicago. Chicago, they'll probably throw up another 50 point season, but it won't be nearly as impressive as this season. This season's been phenomenal. Uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed with what happened with uh, Janino, and it looks like he's headed back to Liga MX. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I really, a team. I, 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 there are so many MLS teams I would put him on. Um, give him, oh, yeah. like, oh, give him another absolutely. shot. Um, so I, I would be anxious to see one of those teams jump at him. <clears throat> All right, Chicago, good looking, probably more or less the same, but probably not quite as good next year. I, I would say that. Um, the Eastern Conference is going to improve around them, and uh, we haven't really seen a lot of moves yet. But barring anything, I think that they might still still be in and around that playoff hunt. I think it's a very fair um, assessment of them. Let's go ahead and move to number two: um, the bridesmaids of the Eastern Conference, New York City Football Club. They they really are the bridesmaids. Yeah, they are going to be. Um, so let let me ask you: two years in a row. Patrick Vieira outcoached. What do you do? Outcoached by by who? What do you what do you mean? 
I, I mean, both times Toronto FC and oh Toronto FC is just a better team than them. I mean, I don't I don't put that on uh, the air. I, don't, I, I I feel like I don't know about that. I feel like they made tactical very okay. So Callens, you know, made the red card that significantly impacts their their opportunity going forward, and I get that. But at the same time, I feel like uh, Patrick Vieira didn't help. Like uh, there was a tweet from uh, from TFC's uh, analyst, you know, Devin. Uh, Poiler uh, basically said every year you work hard to get to the moment and at the same time you you just load your dice um, and, and I feel like the opposite happened like uh, Vieira didn't load his dice like he didn't necessarily play what was the highest probability like he went and tried to be clever and in doing so he just shot himself in the foot Um, I, I mean I, I think Maybe, maybe that's maybe that, and I'm not citing any specific things. Uh, I'm just more recalling things offhandedly. So um, maybe come back to this when I have a little bit more finite <laughs> proof. That being said, I don't think uh, Patrick Vieira um, has been as dominant of a as as a coach as um, as has been stated. I think he has the second or third most points per game since joining the league. I think he is took a team that was completely devoid of identity and was a punchline their opening year and made them into a genuine contender. Um, I have nothing but, but good thoughts for Patrick Vieira and the job he's done so far there. Uh, that being said, you know, they, it, they're a young team. I mean, speaking more like in, in franchise wise, you know, like they haven't been around very long and they've still like not, I mean, they finished with 57 points this year um, I think that there's just like this team looks good going forward. There's young players there that are excellent, and Herrera and Harrison. Um, you know, it's going to be hard when David Villa needs to move on and kind of seeing like how the team addresses replacing such a big component of their offense. And I think they should start working on that now rather than waiting. Um, and I'll be curious to see if that's something they do. Uh, but to to see where they've come in the last three years to become one of the league's like top top sides uh i i i think it's been really really impressive for this franchise i think maxi morales is interesting um he kind of has me he has me polarized like there's days that i am so anti maxi morales like (laughs) i'm like dude why don't they just sell that guy they need to just he's a sunk cost um yeah, you know, I'm 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 doing the whole New Yorker thing. He's a bum. Yeah, but uh, he, I mean, at times last year he was fantastic. Yeah, no, and look, he's one of the. Uh, he actually was, I think, within our nerd league, had the highest amount of through ball key passes. Yeah, which. Um. So, uh, he he does a lot of things. Which I know Vieira's keeping um, track of. So. Right. Right. Like. You know, but but I mean, it's an indicator of of what he's ultimately trying to do, right? And that's exactly what how New York wants to play is over the top to David uh, David Vieira. Uh, I'm like yeah. mix, yeah. I'm mixing people up at this. Well, point we've been time. going for a while. Uh, it's it's understandable. Uh, so yeah, yeah. But fact. I think that's it. That's that's what they're trying to do, right? Like that's just indicative of what they're doing and how successful they are at doing it. Uh, I mean, look at other pieces they've addressed. I mean, I think a guy like Alexander Ring has been really, really great this year. Um, uh, and that defensive midfield role, I think uh, Kyens has been uh, for me was the best eleven 
uh, defender uh, in the league. Uh, I think Sean Johnson wasn't perfect, but Lord knows he was an improvement on that that weird position they had a hard time filling that cost them so many points in the previous two years. And uh, yeah, Josh Saunders. Yeah, when you got a guy like Matarita, who is one of the league's best outside backs uh, coming back, Rodney Wallace was the guy they brought in for comparatively cheap and at least for the first part of the year he was one of the best outside midfielders in the league um you know like there's just so much talent there i think the top to bottom they are if not the most they are one of the most talented teams in the league and uh, i expect them to just build on that next year and the only thing that's going to stand in their way is toronto fc see and i i think honestly the flip side of that is i think the only thing that stands in their way is themselves i think they're going to misuse a dp slot i don't think you can do that in this league and expect to have um aspirations of mls cup um look, they managed, they managed FC, to do well while carrying purlo this whole year on a dp slot right. they managed to do True. that uh you know and 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 i think that they're just yeah, I, I think that that spot's available to them. Like, if they do that well, they're going to be a very, very good team. I, I'm, I'm hesitant with some of the rumors that have been if that's going to continue. I, I, if they're going to reuse that spot for another aging uh, player from the English Premier League, I'm hesitant to believe that that's feel like you're just you're you're trying to fight the league with one arm behind you pin behind oh you're back. talking about and the yaya toy rumors i well and i didn't want to specifically yeah yeah there are yaya Torre uh rumors um i don't necessarily i know there's some people that are like that's a perfect fit um i'm skeptical as i was of you know <laughs> uh, other aging uh dps that have come in the league in the last year um i think that if you're going to buy i think yeah, For, I mean, you, you know, I've overstated yeah. what I what I, I just think it's a bad move. Yeah, I mean, that will be the gamble. I mean, if he's more Bastian Schweinsteiger than Andrea Pirlo, then they're going to be in great shape. And if he's more Andrea Pirlo, um, you know, and they just buy another thing that they're carrying for a year or two, that's going to be a mistake. And uh, certainly, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of the Ayatollah lately to kind of know what sort of shape he is in. But, you know, the same thing could have been said about Schweinsteiger coming out of Manchester United. Uh, I know man's a quality player, and if he's the guy, and if ownership thinks that that's the right way forward, then it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, either way, I, I expect these guys to be contending again next season. And that leaves us with our champions of the Canadian treble, the MLS double. Uh, Toronto SC, who were just in a different class this year. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit in the first part of the episode, so we don't really need to get into it too much, but you just can't um, overstate how effective this team was. There was no better road team. There was no better home team. Uh, 2.3 points per game. Goal differential of 37. Um 69 points, all-time MLS record. Uh, won the Shield and went and won MLS Cup, despite actually sort of faltering a little bit in the playoffs and looking as vulnerable as they they ever had. Um, is there anybody that can hope to sort of dethrone them in a Shield race next year as things stand? I th- uh, honestly, um, 
think it's too early to say what what it's going to be next year. You know, their their obvious focus, and they've come out and already say, stated it, is CCL. And I'm really looking forward to CCL uh, this coming year. We've had a year off from it uh, due to some of the changes. I'm super excited for what that's going to be. I'm really excited, even for Colorado to be in it. Look, I, I'm. It's <laughs> so funny, Colorado, I, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited for what's going to come. But with that, um, and we saw that with, you know, FC Dallas this year. <clears throat> when you start picking your battles and you start fo- putting focus, um, some things can happen, and especially with all that travel. And, you know, FC Dallas wasn't on top of their game. It's possible that Montreal, Montreal, Toronto drops, you know, some early points. Um, They're a deep team, you know, the the quote unquote deepest team in MLS history. Um, I don't even think that needs. I don't even think that needs quotes on it. I mean, yeah, but it's so hard to define. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know how to measure that. Like, I don't. I think you measure it with all these results and like these winning these trophies. Like, you say all these results, but so they're the first team uh, to do the trouble. You give them, you know, hands down. Um, That that's great, and I think that's a significant accomplishment. I don't wish to. take anything away from it but to um automatically define that as that means that they're the best uh team or the deepest team of all team i mean winning lots of numbers winning competitions on multiple winning, fronts is a testament to depth it has to be oh yeah absolutely it's a testament to depth but the best depth I mean, what about the DC United teams from uh, the early uh, periods that went out and not just competed uh, for the Supporter Shield, won the Supporter Shield in one year, uh, came in second the next year, and then competed on uh, an international level and won. So, I I mean, just to completely point at it and say, you know, they won a Canadian trophy, they won two uh, U.S. trophies, that's, that's amazing. And to do it at the goal differential that they did was very strong. But their underlying numbers, um, how dominant they were, I'm skeptical. Like I, I don't want to just give them that that throne. Like that that throne isn't theirs. You know what? Build uh, instead of trying to uh, pin this mm. uh, this on one year, build it over multiple. Uh, and and that's a well, that's a challenge that I know that they that they're looking forward to to marking i know that that's something that they want to and look i think mls in general is better because toronto fc is that big bad they you know it's not just seattle anymore it's not just la there are multiple teams now that are considered the big bad that when they go in there you hate them and i love that i love that there's teams in this league that are hated that are that you legitimately just don't like because i think that means a you care on some level about this league outside of your team and i think b also what it does is it means you're going to pay attention to them even when your team's not playing them yeah so it's just good for the league in general that's and that's all i have to say about that all right well i'm marking trying to see down for a sex couple next year and i defy you to prove me wrong sir uh, I can't prove you wrong, but they can. Uh, uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. We covered <laughs> all twenty or all of the all twenty two teams. We got them all. Um, some got more time than others, just depending on uh, our whims. And uh, we don't want to talk about Philadelphia, and we just ever. don't really want to talk about Philadelphia right now. Sorry, Union fans. I think you understand more than anybody. Um, it was a good year. It was a really exciting year in Major League Soccer. Um, 
and uh, ultimately i think that that the the final sort of betrayed uh what was uh such a such an interesting season um it's kind of the bummer with cup finals like that but uh i have never thanks seattle yeah i have never felt like the league had more talent and more excitement going on in it week in week out than i did this season so hopefully that continues to grow and as it does i know that uh we'll be here talking about it at length uh several times a month and uh we hope that that you'll listen uh we hope that you'll read about it we hope that you'll go to uh, www.americansocceranalysis.com and check out articles by a very talented staff of analysts who uh, kind of look at these underlying factors that we sort of hit on here and uh, draw some really interesting conclusions from them. Uh, you've also got all kinds of expected goal tables, uh, interactive tables now, expected passing, build-up, uh, expected uh, chains, I, just, just a wealth of information so that you can be smarter than your friends. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter, uh, which is at Analysis Evolved. Um, you can find me uh, uh, on Twitter uh, at Total MLS uh, every weekend, uh, doing some commentary and uh, providing uh, gifts and videos and uh, other things throughout the course of a match day. Um, I've been Ian. With me, Harrison. And, and real fast, just to interject, we have a lot of really great news and uh, very exciting things for this new year. So uh, please, please hang with us because uh, there, there, there's going to be a lot of really cool things. Very cool things on the very way. Very cool stuff. Very. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year. Shut your face, high school jerks. We're about to show you how this works. Are we cool? Laser beams. We're about to awesome all your dreams. And you'll say, what are you, some kind of computer? And we'll say, a cyborg pimp from the future.